welcome to the third episode of the Garage Gym PT Podcast. Sitting with you is Lou Follenkamp and David Farwick. We hope you guys enjoyed our last episode starting the, the principles off with volume. Uh, today, Dave and I are going to talk about frequency. Uh, hello, everyone. What's good, guys? Uh, so, you know, kind of building away what we did last week with volume. Uh, with frequency, you could think... A frequency is how many times, either per day, per week, um, or even per month, you're hitting a workout, um, depending on how you want to keep track. Yeah, and it, it's a really good uh, conversation to have after the volume because the two tie into each other very implicitly. Um, e- even like what Lewis was saying, it's the number of times that you can do it. But what's your what's your saturation point? What can you recover from? How often do you touch on body parts? These are oftentimes things that people have little to no understanding of, and it can hamper progress if you're not abiding by, once again, the the frequency law. So I think a very good place to start would be ideal frequency per body part is usually defined as two to three times a week with about 40 hours of rest between body parts. And obviously, there's a little bit of gray area in there depending on the body part, i.e. the size of the muscle, the type of the muscle that you're training, and the general load-bearing distribution of it. Mm-hmm. And you could even break that down, uh, kind of like what you were saying, Dave, um, you know, muscle groups, but like difference between like upper body versus lower body, just the size of the groups. Um, you could even look at like composition of like type 1 to type 2 fibers if you really wanted to. Um, and we, we'll get into this in a later episode, but then there's also like the, the, the importance of like intensity, but we'll, we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, but one example I would have on like a mismanagement of frequency would be like, for example, I have a high school um, athlete right now who he thinks that more is better. And so right now he's trying to get into the gym like two or three times in a day. And then he's also going out and going to practice. Uh, so he's been dealing with some recurrent lower body injuries, I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, so we actually have a, a big conversation of sometimes less is more. Uh, and just the fact that he's not allowing himself to have the chance to recover. Uh, you're going to hear Dave and I kind of harp on this a lot because if you're always at that, that elevated volume, you're at that elevated frequency, and you're never really, you're constantly breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. You never actually allow those tissues to heal or you, you take away the strain and the stress from those tissues you're never going to build back up. Uh, and I think that sometimes kind of gets lost because I think, oh, I should, I'm, I'm just not fit enough. I need to do more. Um, I mean, I've even dealt with this with my, after my pec tear, I thought I had to be, you know, hitting my pec two or three, four times in a week uh, just to start building back and kind of getting back to symmetry. And that was, that was not the case. I mean, like you said last week, you know, two sets might be enough and that, that was definitely enough. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Let, let's let's kind of just take it from <clears throat> standpoint of like, say, your initial evaluation forward. So, we we obviously all prescribe a home exercise program, right? Let's just kind of use the generic, let's say, knee. Okay. Right. Uh, the muscle groups around the knee are very large. They have both types of fibers, like Lewis was saying. And they have to be fatigue-resistant as well as force-generating. But when you prescribe a home exercise program, what's the first thing that the therapist says? Usually it's do it every day. 
which is a miss right out of the gate. <laughs> so if you if you can do something every day, there is an inherent issue with that. First part would be it's not challenging enough. So if, if you're not sore, if you're not gaining something from it, you're not getting exposed. The exercise selection is off. Um, but let's assume the exercise selection's on. You know, like I, I really like to get my lower bodies into doing something like a split squat as quickly as I can. You know, when there's a handful of exercises that are going to make you really, really sore, split squat's probably at the top of that list. So then it becomes very key that I make them aware of the fact that they're going to be sore and that if they're doing it properly, and even if I'm emphasizing like an eccentric contraction, there's going to be more muscle damage, which will lead to greater amounts of recovery needed to repeat the process. So if you can't stack sessions on sessions on sessions, you need to reduce your frequency and you need to allow for the building blocks to build back up. Otherwise, your base is going to be very narrow and you're at risk of re-injury, not getting better, um, and obviously your progress is going to be minimal to none. Mm-hmm. And I think as in like with new clinicians, um, if you have little experience uh, with monitoring an athlete's training volume um, or monitoring their frequency, one of the things that I would implore you to do would be to reach out to like a strength conditioning coach um, and, you know, just sit down and have a conversation with them and see how they go about monitoring healthy athletes. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, um, if you can take a healthy athlete and learn how to monitor that and kind of see how they do it. Um, I've actually loved doing that with Brandon where he and I will actually communicate and play off of one another um, where we're making sure that as our athletes are recovering and getting back into sport or maintaining them in sport, um, he and I will communicate on, you know, how much they're training in the gym, what they're doing at practice, and then also kind of translating that to what I'm doing with them in the clinic, but then how I, I, I modify and adjust their home exercise program to make it so it's optimal and so that it's efficient and that they can be, you know, moving in that direction in a positive manner consistently. Um, I think that comes with experience and time. You're not just going to be fantastic at that right out the gate, especially with different varied levels of like athletics or like intensity of like, or like, you know, level of play. Yeah. And even to add on that, it could be as simple as am I in season or out of season? Mm hmm. When you're dealing with people in season, the goal is not necessarily to get them better because you're going to violate the frequency aspect every damn week that you have them. So your goal there would be in-season management to get them to a point where they can then control the volume and actually recover. So setting that type of a uh, expectation out of the gate is, is crucial. Um, you know, like baseball players might be the worst at this football there's a good way that you can like schedule around this because you play one game a week so you have this natural cycle of tune up to event event resolution but baseball players they'll play five games in seven days so if you have somebody with nagging shoulder elbow insert injury here uh, you know bleak might be one of the hardest ones to do because of the rotational aspect to it but that's going to be in-season management. You're not really going to build, so you're going to have to just kind of figure out a way to monitor the volume, keep them good, and just get to a point where they have a prolonged period of off time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess like another piece, too, is kids do have multiple sports, multiple seasons. In making them pick which is their most important 
season may also be another creative way to do this. Mm-hmm. So if you have a kid that he constantly moves from football to basketball to baseball, you can only go D1 or you can only go to college typically for one sport. So which one's going to be the most important that he puts out the best game film, which is going to be the most important for him to participate in showcases, and is it time to have the conversation of should we shut it down this season so that we can do something else the next season? Yeah, I agree with that to a degree. I think that sometimes with a younger athlete, I wouldn't necessarily keep them from a sport. But if they're like, you know, that senior who has that that offer to go and play at the next level, definitely, you know, preparation is key. Um, that's one thing that if you've been training at a certain location or like a sports performance location where like they might be preparing you at a very high level, like like for example, we've had athletes at No Name Athletics who will, will come in and they'll just dominate in the gym and then they go off to college and it's like bare minimums. Granted, they, you know, the strength coach there is still kind of learning what they can and can't do. The level of trust between them is still building. But it's like we'll hear about how like they just don't feel like they're getting anything out of their workouts. Um, and that's kind of the, the interesting thing is like, you know, kind of like we were talking about last week, you know, that minimum effective dose. Um, so like they would get extra things to work on just to continue that progression. But then it's like the sophomore, the junior, the senior year where like they actually kind of start getting into the higher levels of that. But it's like an acceptance period once you get to that next level and then also kind of like that progression. But like my big thing with them is just being smart during their training and make sure that they're maintaining the level of play on the field just as much as they are in the weight room. Um, That I think can kind of, I mean, communication there is going to be important. I I think the biggest thing there is going to be communication between strength coach, between athlete. And then it's great to keep us involved and keep us like, you know, what we do, especially on the PT side of things for me. Um, But I definitely believe that keeping someone from a sport depends on the level of, you know, what are they going on to? Absolutely. Uh, What you're kind of talking about there as well as kind of like the law of accommodation. So if you have a kid who's 10 years old, they probably haven't been exposed to anything as far as uh, weight training. So, he also can't generate as much force, so there's much less likely that the tissue is going to break down. But as you get older, stronger, bigger, faster, stakes go up, and uh, you can actually get detrained if your frequency is too too frequent. So mm-hmm. I know, like this is like a general setup um, in, in season for football teams. Like they may drop their frequency from three to four days a week of weightlifting down to two just as a simple way that they can prep and move throughout the entirety of the season without experiencing increased and unnecessary tissue loads. Um, But, yeah, that that 10-year-old athlete, he's also a, uh, a cup that has no water in it. It's a dry sponge. So the volume that you throw at him, darn near anything is going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kid who's 17, playing year-round, you know, plays 100 games, you really have to ebb and flow with that a lot more. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good point. You know, anything you throw at a younger athlete, they're going to progress. 
that just natural, you know, maturing, um, you know, changing in physiology, all those wonderful things. Um, yeah, testosterone is a hell of a drug. <laughs> you catch it at the right time, you can you can do darn near anything. You're you're never going to get hurt, and you can just youth your way through it. Yeah. But the higher the level, the less likely you are to be able to get away with those mistakes. Yeah, especially like once the newbie gains kind of start going away, um, and monitoring your progress is going to be just as important. Um, but like we've already said before, you know, sometimes less is more. Um, we could go even more into like the in-season versus out-of-season uh, amount of training and things like that. But we'll save that for another conversation. Uh, one other thing with frequency that I think can sometimes become, I don't want to say like overhyped, um, but when people think that they need to be lifting um, the same movement, like the, I can't remember the guy's name. He was saying that you need to bench like at least three or four times in a week. This is going to drive me nuts. I can't remember his name. But like three or four times in a week to actually start making gains in that movement in particular. Just, I don't know. It just baffled me for a second. I don't know why. But I feel like that's like a very bodybuilding.com like niche kind of thing. Um, I, I would say like you're, you're probably in the novice in that category. Mm-hmm where you're probably getting the majority of your gain from the um, nervous system of learning the movement proficiently. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, why, why don't we just kind of throw out some definitions around this? Um, so it seems like in general, especially like when you're considering more of like the hypertrophy bodybuilding type of stuff, it seems like each body part in general responds to about... Um, 10 to 20 sets. And this is where the frequency becomes the issue because we we all agree that you can get those sets done very differently. So to take that bench press example, if you do a bench and say you do it three days a week, maybe you're hitting five sets of bench three days a week, you're well within those parameters. But if you're doing chest and then you're getting... 10 sets in in a session and you're hitting it three days a week then it almost doesn't matter that you're abiding by the 40 hour rule period because you're going to oversaturate your sponge and you've done more tissue damage than you can ever recover from mm-hmm. and, and even like the types that you might add really matter too so I obviously gave the example of the split squat and placing high emphasis on the eccentric or the negative portion of the contraction, uh, i.e. just going down slow. So if you're going to place more emphasis on this, there's obviously some nuance within. This can probably only be done correctly twice a week because of the amount of tissue damage that you're going to do. Whereas if you were doing something within the conjugate system and you're trying to work on explosive speed work, this seems to be something that you can recover from much more readily because you're not placing emphasis on damaging the fibers. Mm-hmm. So you can probably get away with doing your speed work three days a week, whereas if you are doing heavy negatives, heavy eccentrics, creating a lot of soft tissue damage, two is probably what you're looking at for the maximum amounts of sessions that you're going to get away with that. Mm-hmm. So like in terms of like high intensity, you might not be able to sustain more than two sessions in a week. But if you can maintain, like, bar velocity, that also translates into your strength. 
Um, now we'll break down different attributes uh, with intensity in the next episode. Um, but anything else you wanted to cover with frequency for today, Dave? Um, as, as always, we're going to assume that this is in a vacuum, mm-hmm. meaning that you already have the very basics of things down. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleeping, eating, hydration, um, all of these things within these conversations are assumed, and that's how you take maximum advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So without these things, uh, once again, volume, intensity, nor frequency doesn't matter because you're not giving us a good sponge or cup to work with. Mm-hmm. So please always keep that in mind when we're talking about these things. This is in an ideal world where you are controlling your environment. And we all know that sometimes that's impossible. But, um, yeah, as far as, like, this conversation, I think it builds really well on the volume episode. And the two are hand-in-hand. And they kind of help establish each other's guidelines. It'll be good leading to the next one. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation in regards to frequency. Um, In the next episode, we'll we'll be talking and discussing a little bit more on intensity. Um, And then we'll also kind of bring loading into that conversation as well um, and velocity. So we will see you guys in the next episode. All right. Have a good weekend, guys. Talk to you soon.